Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this podcast is going to be about ashwagandha. That's a really fun name, isn't it? And this is another adaptogenic historical nootropic that you're definitely going to want to put on your list of interesting biohacking things to try. And in this podcast, I've got some, I think, uh, nuanced, insightful personal development stuff also that's, that's, that's really relevant to this one. So it's a anti-anxiety adaptogen that will give your ambition an edge because you're ambitious, right? Another historical nootropic and a member of the adaptogen family of natural performance enhancers, which empower biohackers to live vigorously. Organic ashwagandha as a nootropic helps with anxiety, insomnia, aging signs, and as an adaptogen to manage stress. This article is mostly going to focus on decoding what the human studies are saying about ashwagandha and how this squares up with the anecdotal experiences of biohackers online. For more of my own personal experiences, thoughts, and comparisons, you'll want to see the written and video reviews, which you can find linked wherever you're checking out this podcast. While many of the most notable studies have been done in the subcontinent of its origin, it's been studied worldwide and has been the subject of 202 articles of human research that can be found on PubMed. In comparison, Rhodiola has 180 articles and Panax Ginseng has 550 history. It's another historical performance enhancer coming out of Ayurvedic traditional medicine. Thus, it's sometimes referred to as Indian ginseng. The ashwagandha, uh, ashwagandha itself, that means smell of horse from the book Adaptogens. This herb also gives its users the stamina and strength of a stallion. In Ayurvedic medicine, this herb is considered a rasayana and is used for prolonging life, stimulating the mind, and enhancing vigor and sexual prowess, as well as for its recuperative powers. From the book, The Rhodiola Revolution. In India, where its use dates back more than 2,500 years, it is considered a rasayana, the term for herbs that increase resistance and longevity and improve general health and well-being. It's regarded as a yang tonic, meaning that it promotes masculine, aggressive yang energy. Originally, it was found in India and Africa, and now it's also grown in North America. On the paradox of anxiety. We tend to think of anxiety as kind of a problem of wimpy people. We hear anxiety and we think of 
the lady who just locks up when she has to do some public speaking in a meeting. I think of a college graduate who is paralyzed by nervousness before a big job interview. The shy guy who is afraid to introduce himself to the girl he fancies. The grumpy old man who watches too much television and is always angry and worried about politics. But these are not the only manifestations of anxiety. Anxiety is also an inevitable side effect of ambition. And I'll repeat that because it's important. Anxiety is also an inevitable side effect of ambition. I'll suggest that if you don't suffer from at least a little anxiety, you're really not ambitious. This is because risk and reward are inextricably entangled, meaning that accomplishment entails danger and brilliance requires getting rid of the safety net. If you are doing something that really matters, there is a very real chance of failure, and this naturally produces anxiety. If failure in the pursuit to which you dedicate yourself is not a weighty enough possibility that it has actually disturbed your sleep in recent memory, then I'd wager that what you are pursuing is insufficiently ambitious. Or maybe you're just an elite sleep, sleep hacker. More on that later. You may have some great redeeming qualities, but if you are not at least moderately fearful about your future, you are not ambitious, I think. Entrepreneurs, politicians, and business people are infamous for how they self-medicate for their anxiety. Booze and marijuana, cocaine and hard drugs, medication and pharmaceuticals, and all sorts of uh, sex addiction and degeneracy, which we, we hear about when a scandal blows up in, in, in their face. So you might just say, so anxiety is just part of the deal. If you want to do something that matters in the world, anxiety and stress will be your companions. Well, if you were living at any other time in history, that sentiment would be spot on. That would be the cold, undeniability, undeniable reality of the human condition, especially for men. But you are more fortunate than you know to be living in 2017. And it's really not true anymore. With the biohacking tools and strategies we have at our disposal today, the high-performance biohacker can actually maintain a healthy relationship with their ambition-induced anxiety. And those tools are things like meditation or a mindfulness practice, exercise or weightlifting, yoga, martial arts, or some flow state-inducing activity like surfing, sleep hacking, heart rate variability training, and nootropic adaptogens like ashwagandha. There's obviously a lot of anxiolytic drugs out there that people use to deal with anxiety, but the problem with almost all of them is that they also blunt performance and retard cognition. 500 milligrams of phenobut will marvelously clear your head of all your worries in about 30 to 45 minutes, but it will have a detrimental effect on your ability to do 
intellectually challenging work. And I bet that's how you get paid is doing things that, that require that require your gray matter be on point, right? This is why the adaptogens are worth the attention of truly ambitious people. They actually modulate your stress hormones without sedating your motivation or capacity for genius. Adaptogens have such a profoundly helpful effect on the resilience and flexibility of our nervous system that when I meet biohackers who are not using adaptogens, I think, okay, this guy is not really serious about his biohacking or whatever it is that he's pursuing in life. On generalized anxiety disorder, in the three double-blind placebo-controlled human studies done, it seems that consistently it takes a loading period of several weeks to really have a beneficial effect on those tormented by chronic stress or anxiety. From a 2012 double-blind placebo-controlled study of 64 Indians, adaptogens are herbs that help in combating stress. Ayurvedic classical texts, animal studies, and clinical studies describe ashwagandha as a safe and effective adaptogen. A total of 64 subjects with a history of chronic stress were enrolled into the study after performing relevant clinical examinations and laboratory tests. The findings of this study suggest that a high concentration full-spectrum ashwagandha root extract safely and effectively improves an individual's resistance towards stress and thereby improves self-assessed quality of life. This study found that 300 milligrams of ashwagandha lowered serum cortisol by 27, almost 28%. I find this study relevant to biohackers because the Indians in the study were aged 18 to 64 years old and otherwise healthy other than having chronic stress. A 2009 Canadian study compared naturopathic care using ashwagandha to psychotherapy intervention as solutions for moderate to severe anxiety. Quote, anxiety is a serious personal health condition and represents substantial burden to overall quality of life. Blinding of investigators and participants during randomization and allocation was maintained. Participants in the naturopathic care group received dietary counseling, deep breathing relaxation techniques, a standard multivitamin, and the herbal medicine, which was 300 milligrams of ashwagandha. Significant differences between groups were also observed in mental health, concentration, fatigue, social functioning, vitality, and overall quality of life with the naturopathic care group exhibiting greater clinical benefit. The notable finding from the Canadian study was that dietary counseling, deep breathing relaxation techniques, and ashwagandha outperformed actually nearly doubling the effectiveness of psychotherapy, deep breathing, relaxation techniques, and a placebo. So this brings into question the value of classic psychotherapy 
at least in regards to uh, chronic anxiety. I perused several hundred user reports of people who used it to deal with their debilitating anxiety. While the studies indicated that it took between weeks to months to really achieve its helpful effect, the user reports indicated that sometimes its tranquilizing effect takes a whole lot less time, which is kind of good news, right? And actually, I'll go back to comment on the Canadian study real quick. So one of my favorite podcasters, a guy named Stefan Molyneux, probably heard of him, probably listened to his podcast. I won't be surprised. Very prolific podcaster, uh, internet philosopher guy. And he will talk from time to time about how talk therapy, how he, uh, in his, in uh, early middle age, he ran into a period of uh, anxiety, of, uh, you know, his, his uh, trauma from his past, uh, took decades and decades to bubble up to the surface. And then in middle age, as a, as a relatively successful middle-aged man, it came out and how he dealt with it was doing, uh, was really investing in doing talk therapy. And I've heard that from a lot of people. I've heard that talk therapy works for a lot of people. However, what I will suggest is that if you're a person that's, that's dealing with, uh, yeah, chronic, chronic anxiety, then uh, talk therapy is probably a good idea. It does work for a lot of people, but you definitely are going to want to combine it with something like adaptogenic herbs. Uh, ashwagandha is, is a great option, as, as you're hearing the science confirm here. So some biohackers enthusiastically reported a helpful effect on confidence right away, like within a few minutes even in some instances, maybe a little bit of placebo effect going on there. Others reported that they did not notice anything for several days or a week, and then the effect became really apparent. So <clears throat> this is not like an herbal alternative to phenobute. You should not assume that it's going to have a near instantaneous effect on your anxiety or confidence in 30 to 60 minutes like Phenobut does. One biohacker reported, before ashwagandha, it was very hard for me to speak in front of people during the meeting. This bad and extremely strong feeling of anxiety, heartbeat, sweating, and panic before important meetings or presentations was so intense. With ashwagandha, all this disappeared like it never existed. No panic attacks, no anxiety, completely normal heartbeat, confidence, and self-esteem. I feel completely calm, but in the same way, I'm motivated and full of energy during the day. It's just amazing that one herb uh, at the same time has this effect of calmness and energy. From the book Adaptogens, ashwagandha is an important tonic for people who are generally stressed out. Rather than being overstimulating, it has a mild calming effect. In animal and human studies, this root was found to stimulate the thyroid, making it useful for hyperthyroidism. In a human trial done in India, ashwagandha wine, ooh, that sounds good, was given to 30 patients with anxiety neurosis. 
Moderate improvements were noted in symptoms such as headaches, fatigue, dyspepsia, anorexia, and irritability. The most profound improvement was noted for nervousness, and unfortunately I don't have a link to get ashwagandha, ashwagandha wine. Where that, one's, that one's worth a Google. You might have to talk to your friend that makes wine about that one. Interestingly, I noticed that a handful of studies which demonstrated a helpful effect in humans were using ashwagandha in combination with various forms of relaxing breathing techniques. So if you want to maximize the anti-anxiety benefits of ashwagandha, you are definitely going to want to check out my article, How to Breathe Like a Jedi, which is actually a combination of different Taoist breathing techniques that are that are quite effective and they're kind of fun. Antidepressant. A double-blind placebo-controlled study of 64 Indians in Hyderabad found that 300 milligrams daily improved the symptoms of depression by 77 to 79% in 60 days. And the study concluded the findings of this study suggest that a high concentration of full-spectrum ashwagandha root extract safely and effectively improves an individual's resistance toward stress and thereby improves self-assessed quality of life. The beneficial effect on depression seemed to be limited to those who also suffered from moderate to severe stress. Not all depressed people are stressed, apparently. A testosterone hack. On the internet, you can find a confusing abundance of testosterone hacks. You can find all sorts of workout supplements, injectables, synthetic hormones, and apparently shining special lights on your junk actually helps. One very proven way of increasing testosterone is lowering stress. I'll repeat that because it's important. One very proven way of increasing testosterone is lowering stress. <clears throat> the hormones cortisol and testosterone have an inverse relationship. From a study of 22 men out of University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. In conclusion, the present findings give credence to the hypothesis suggesting a linkage between the low resting testosterone found in endurance trained runners and stress hormones with respect to cortisol. What is interesting is that the subjects of this study were young, athletic, college-aged men. Even their testosterone was, and even their testosterone was lowered by stress. So imagine what kind of effect it has on your testosterone. I suspect that ashwagandha doesn't have a direct effect on testosterone, but that it's a downstream effect of what it does beneficially to our stress. Four human studies totaling 370 men, over 370 men, indicated that it has a helpful effect on testosterone. Withania somnifera improves semen quality by regulating reproductive hormone levels and oxidative stress in seminal plasma of infertile males. 
quote, to investigate the impact of withania somnifera roots on semen profile, oxidative biomarkers, and reproductive hormone levels of infertile men. Moreover, treatment also significantly increased serum testosterone. Secondly is withania somnifera improved semen quality in stress-related male fertility. Measuring various biochemical and stress parameters before and after treatment suggested a definite role of stress in male infertility and the ability of ashwagandha to treat stress-related infertility. Third study is examining the effects of withania somnifera supplementation on muscle strength and recovery, a randomized randomized controlled trial. Quote, the secondary efficacy measures were muscle size, body composition, serum testosterone levels, and muscle recovery. And fourth study is efficacy of withania somnifera on seminal plasma metabolites of infertile males, a proton NRM study at 800 MHZ. I don't know what MHZ stands for. Quote, traditional Indian systems of medicine use roots of withania somnifera for impotence, infertility treatment, stress, and the aging process. Although withania somnifera, that's another name for ashwagandha if you're wondering, improves semen quality by regulating reproductive hormone levels and oxidative stress, the molecular mechanism is not clear. It did not appear, notably, it did not appear to have an overnight effect on testosterone. The studies indicated that it took between eight weeks and three months. So if you really do want to use this as a testosterone hack, a little bit of a time commitment that you need to make to it. And you want to pick up more than uh, a one month supply. You want, to, you want to get like a two or three month supply. As a social smart drug. I think I first came across ashwagandha researching the social anxiety protocol for biohacking confidence, which is a presentation of mine that I highly recommend that you take a look at unless you're just a total uh, Casanova type figure that never ever has any problem with social anxiety. Ashwagandha is highly recommended by a number of biohackers as a social smart drug. And I suspect this has a lot to do with its effect on testosterone. As any guy who has ever done 30 days of NoFab has found out, increasing your testosterone will make you quite a bit more social, talkative, and motivated to go out and make friends. Over two months, 300 milligrams daily reduced social dysfunction by 68% in a placebo-controlled study of 40 Indians. The drug was well-tolerated and did not occasion more adverse effects than placebo. It is concluded that this ethanolic extract of Withania somnifera has useful anxiolytic potential and merits further investigation anti-aging. I would not really consider it a quintessential anti-aging herb, although one older study mentioned in adaptogens was optimistic about its use by middle-aged men. Effect of ashwagandha in the process of aging in human volunteers, 1980, 
In this older double-blind clinical trial, 141 men who were between 50 and 59 years old took this herb. Researchers noted increased levels of red blood cells, hair, melanin, and hemoglobin. Sexual interest also increased and serum, cholesterol, and red blood cell sedimentation rate decreased. That's interesting. On cancer. Ashwagandha has a helpful effect on pancreatic, skin, renal, colon, lung, prostate, stomach, neurological, sarcoma, cervical, and immunological cancer. Although there is not enough from the human studies that I would rely on it uh, to treat or avoid cancer, but I'll mention uh, what the evidence is anyways. A 2013 study of 100 patients with breast cancer found that three doses daily of ashwagandha significantly increased quality of life and fatigue scores in comparison to placebo. It concluded, Somnifera, sorry, Withania Somnifera has uh, potential against cancer-related fatigue in addition to improving quality of life. A 2009 paper out of Tsukuba, Japan, stated ashwagandha is an Ayurvedic shrub that forms a common ingredient of health supplements, tonics, and Indian home remedies designed to promote health and quality of life. In our efforts to characterize ashwagandha activities and their molecular mechanisms, we initially prepared leaf extracts of ashwagandha that show tumor inhibitory activity. Ooh, that's good. To the best of our knowledge, we provide the first example of phytochemicals that have both anti-cancer and anti-aging activities and point to the molecular link between aging and cancer. From a 2012 paper which appeared in the Anti-Aging Journal Plus One, which is probably the premier anti-aging journal. The medicinal plant Withania somnifera has been used for over centuries in India, Indian Ayurvedic medicine to treat a wide spectrum of disorders. With a ferrin, a bioactive compound which is isolated from this plant has anti-inflammatory, immunomodulatory and anti-angiogenic and anti-cancer properties. Together, our in vitro and in vivo studies suggest that withoferrin A suppresses malignant pleural mesothelomonia growth by targeting multiple pathways that include blockage of proteasium activity and stimulation of apostosis and thus holds promise as an anti-cancer agent. So there's there's some there's some good news. Again, wouldn't use it as a as my lone strategy to deal with or avoid cancer, but another another reason to to have this one in your biohacker your biohacker bin or wherever you wherever you store your your nootropics. Fibromyalgia Around the internet, you'll find a lot of reports, like the one below, of people that found ashwagandha helpful in managing the chronic pain of fibromyalgia. I regularly use this plant along with kudzu root, cypress root, 
and black cohosh root for the chronic muscle pain of fibromyalgia. It also can be useful for neck and back pain, restless leg syndrome when taken with magnesium and arthritis. However, there's no scientific studies published that evaluated the connection. So one of those things that, hey, if you've got fibromyalgia, I'm really sorry, that's a bummer. You, you might as well try everything, right? A gobergic. If our neurotransmitters were Greek gods, GABA would be Dionysus, the deity of wine, fertility, ritual madness, and religious ecstasy. Ashwagandha is a uniquely gobergic adaptogen. I, I think it's the only one. Examine.com noted that standard doses of ashwagandha are known to possess anxiolytic effects secondary to gobergic signaling and low doses of ashwagandha appear to potentiate the effects of any gobergic anxiolytic. This includes drinking alcohol. Interestingly, its anti-anxiety effect is synergistic with alcohol and other gobergic anxiolytics. Usually I advise against combining nootropics and alcohol, but the studies seem to indicate that ashwagandha will potentiate the gobergic effects so you would kind of get more pro-social mileage out of the alcohol if you were drinking. So if you really wanted to party all night long and not regret it, I would suggest a cocktail of something like ashwagandha, fenibute, nicotine, green tea, and... Rhodiola. That that that'll make for a crazy night. If you try it, let me let me know what kind of adventures you get up to. On sleep, a study of 69 geriatrics hinted that it may help with decreasing the time it takes to fall asleep. However, the evidence is not as strong for this. I suspect that this is just a natural downstream effect of decreasing stress and anxiety. I doubt that it's a quintessential sleep hack on its own. On sex, ashwagandha is used by both men and women to boost sexual desire. Long considered India's most potent sexual enhancing plant, the and it must be working because they have like over a billion people there in a in a in a geographic area that is comparatively not that large. The country's women have used ashwagandha for years to stimulate their sex drives. It is used by men for low sperm count and sexual debility. One herbal biohacker reported a massive libido increase from five grams of ashwagandha. Anyway, I'm really horny. I had one of the best orgasms I've had in a long while a minute ago. Really, really a minute ago and, and you're, you're writing about it now. <laughs> Going on, he said, and I still feel like I could go another five times. I also feel very dominant right now. It's pretty stimulating in that way. Wish the boyfriend was here right now, honestly. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to put this here because maybe someone will get some use out of my realization.
A 2011 placebo-controlled study of 86 Indian males found that it was helpful for those struggling with erectile dysfunction, but the study found the same effect from placebo. So I will put this on my list of, uh, of real potent sexual hedonism optimization biohacks in regards to physical performance. For biohackers who aspire to peak physical performance, it's an herb worth your attention. From a double-blind placebo-controlled 2015 Indian study of 57 young males over eight weeks, this study was conducted to examine the possible effects of ashwagandha root extract consumption on muscle math and strength in healthy young males engaged in resistance training. Subjects in the treatment group consumed 300 milligrams of ashwagandha root extract twice daily while the control group consumed starch placebos. The primary efficacy measure was muscle strength. The secondary efficacy measures were muscle size, body composition, serum testosterone levels, and muscle recovery. This study reports that ashwagandha supplementation is associated with significant increases in muscle mass and strength and suggests that ashwagandha supplementation may be useful in conjunction with a resistance training program. The notable finding of this study was that 300 milligrams helped otherwise sedentary guys get into resistance training and make weight training gains. So that's if, let's say you're listening to this and it's around January 1st, it's the new year and your resolution is to get in the gym, but you want to be like really productive and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to linger in a, a, in a non-productive way there in the gym and making your gains. Ashwagandha is a pretty good idea. Another 2012 study out of Guru Nanak Dev University found it has a helpful effect on cardiorespiratory endurance. The aim of the study was to find out the effect of ashwagandha on the cardiorespiratory endurance capacity, that is aerobic capacity of the elite Indian cyclists. The baseline treadmill test for the cyclists were performed to measure their aerobic capacity in terms of maximal aerobic capacity, that's the VO2 max. There was significant improvement in the experimental group in all parameters, whereas the placebo group did not show any change with respect to their baseline parameters. Bottom line, literally and figuratively, is ashwagandha improved the cardiorespiratory endurance of elite athletes. And I'll mention mechanisms of action. There's a few. It's a gabergic, as I said, promoting the neurotransmitter of tranquility, relaxation, and playful sociability. It combats glutamate neurotoxicity, which has therapeutic potential for prevention of neurodegeneration associated with glutamate-induced excitotoxicity. That might be why that old 80s study called it an uh, anti-aging agent. Antioxidant actions which are both neuroprotective and antioxidative but i repeat myself 
anti-inflammatory, which is helpful for rheumatoid arthritis. I recall seeing a couple of people in the forums saying that it helped with their arthritis. Potential of NMDA signaling, regulation of the AMPA receptor function in the cerebellum, which is the biohack that various shady government agencies, which are uh, accused of collaborating with uh, with with aliens and the like, <laughs> that's they they experimented with the AMPA receptor. So that's 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 worth uh, biohacking if you're. If you're striving for elite performance, if you're trying to get into the uh, the men in black or whatever, and then with a ferrin A binds to vimentin and causes its degeneration, which combats the metastasis and angiogenesis of cancer, and then it is a protosomal inhibitor. In regards to neurogenesis, it may aid the growth of new brain cells. It just keeps getting better and better with ashwagandha, doesn't it? You were you were sold back at like uh, back like ten minutes into this podcast, but it now you find out that it's a a neuroplasticity thing. Also, so from a Japanese study, the reconstruction of neuronal networks in the damaged brain is necessary for the therapeutic treatment of neurodegenerative diseases. We have screened the neurite outgrowth activity of herbal drugs and identified several active constituents. In each compound, neurite outgrowth activity was investigated under amyloid beta-induced neuritic atrophy with analoid derivatives isolated from the Indian herbal drug ashwagandha also showed neurite extension in normal and damaged cortical neurons. In regards to immunity, there's a number of studies and papers on its potentially helpful effect on the immune system. However, with one exception, they are all animal or in vitro studies that speculated on its effect and I really think that every sapient biohacker should be supplementing their immune system and instead of ashwagandha because like I said the evidence is not that great I would recommend something like Eleuthero or Immune 26 which have excellent evidence of their ability to empower your immune system. What about growing your own ashwagandha because like I said it's a it's an herb and it can be easily cultivated and grown in less than a year it can be grown in dry along with wet tropical environments from the book it should be planted outdoors like tomatoes and then set out in a garden area and I link to in the in my meta-analysis article I link to a real thorough guide to growing it and then I have some links to buy seeds if you've got a green thumb. Sources and pricing. You can no doubt find ashwagandha on a store shelf near you. However, there's a real concern with quality when it comes to herbal adaptogens, especially when it comes to nootropics that come out of the ground. As Dr. Merkula says, Invariably, choosing the lowest cost option is not going to be the best 
option. There's quality concerns with metal content of the ground where it's grown. There's quality concerns with how it's transported to you. Hint, hint, giant boats are, are not, not good. And there's quality concerns with how and for how long it's stored before it reaches you. I've identified a couple of sources that have the meaningful credibility indicators that I look for and I link to those. This may change. Sometimes I have these sources that I find and they're great sources and I recommend them to the people in our biohacker community and I get really good feedback and then the people go out of business or they, or, uh, they, they discontinue the product line and I have to update my website. So if you're seriously interested in the, all these benefits that I've described so thoroughly here, you're going to want to check out the meta-analysis page on my website because that's where I have the most up-to-date information. But I'll direct your attention to the ashwagandha spagyric tincture. And this is ashwagandha concentrated in liquid drops. And uh, this is actually the one uh, tincture ashwagandha product that I managed to find that had a, uh, that had, had certificates of analysis done on it, which is where they go and have a laboratory do like a spectroscopy report where they're ensuring that there's not things like a bunch of mercury and lead that have gotten into the product because the, uh, because it's been, you know, grown on a site that used to be, I don't know, a, 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 a artillery factory, <laughs> for example, or or whatever the case may be. However, however lead gets into the soil, I don't, I don't know, but you need to be wary of it as a biohacker. And then there's a product called Sensorial, and it's a patented ashwagandha brand that is distinct in that it contains 10% glycoethanolides. And I'll just encourage you to go and check out uh, what that means, read up on it, uh, which I link to it. And then there's what's called KSM 66, and this is the designation of the type of ashwagandha that has the highest percentage of withanolides, which is greater than 5%. <clears throat> In conclusion, let's say that you owned a high-performance sports car like a Porsche or a Ferrari. You could just like let that car sit in the garage all the time. And, you know, you take it out for like an occasional Sunday cruise when the weather was perfect and the maintenance demands, you know, as a result, the, the maintenance demands of the car would be really minimal. It would be like maybe just a single visit to the mechanic, like once a year. Or you could actually, you know, let this beast of a car out to play. Really enjoy it. You could go to the track weekly, really enjoy pushing the car to its limits and your maintenance responsibilities are going to skyrocket, of course. And you, your neurobiology is really the same. If you are going to live life in a slow lane, you'll be able to get by with minimal maintenance. But if you're going to live an interesting life and go devote yourself vigorously to things that really matter, adaptogens are critical. 
as biohackers, we have at our disposal long and short-term performance enhancement tools and strategies. And ashwagandha fits squarely in the long-term category. It's different than, say, modafinil or phenibut that will change your mindset today. And I'll quote examine.com, actually. They said, limited evidence in otherwise healthy rodents suggests that there is no otherwise inherent nootropic effect of ashwagandha on learning and memory formation. So I would not use it as a smart drug. For that, you're going to want to look at the racetams and, and, and those sorts of things. I would use ashwagandha to maintain a high-performance ecosystem of positive emotions. Now, you may be wondering about uh, some more dosage and usage instructions. You may be wondering about the side effects because there are some side effects to be aware of. And with herbs, herbs are almost always best when they're combined with other herbs. That's why we have a little bit of the, the stereotype from the Kung Fu movie of the of the herbalist who is recommending all these different things used in combination so that the uh emperor can you know have another baby at age 85 or or whatever so that information i keep updated over on the meta-analysis page on limitlessmindset.com so i will suggest that you check that out if you're serious about your biohacking and if you are like i said ambitious and you're looking for an edge you've reached the glass ceiling of performance and results and perhaps bank account balance that your ambition affords you and you want to break through that glass ceiling educate yourself about adaptogens again i'm jonathan with limitless mindset looking forward to a continued conversation with you legal notices if you or someone you know developed or created a concept piece of content or idea shared on this show please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink we want to give credit where credit is due As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.